Welcome to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. Amen. So you know, I have a word from the Lord this morning, and I'll try my best to communicate it. I'll try my best to uh, convey His heart to us. It's a word, I believe, for you, but also it's a word for this church and a word for the nation. It's not a, it's not a complicated word. It's a word that's in my spirit. I believe it's brewing. That's why you know, uh, the, the Lord just woke me up and said, this is, is a word in season for a lot of us. So let's pray be, before we begin. Father, we thank you for this brand new morning, brand new year. And Father, we ask that you will uh, speak to us and we pray, God, that you will give us a word in season that will anchor our lives in 2017. And Father, we pray that you will activate whatever revelation that you want to release this morning. Give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start with verse X, chapter 2, verse 17. I believe the word of the Lord for us this morning is dream again. Dream again. Somebody say dream again. Turn to the person next to you and say dream again. I've always been a dreamer. As long as I could remember, as young as I was at four or five years old, I was a dreamer. I dreamt of uh, having my own comics. I dreamt of like drawing. So I tried a few pages. Of course, that dream led to nowhere. Uh, I've dreamt of uh, becoming an author. I've dreamt of winning gold for, for my school in sports. I've always been a dreamer. I've dreamt of building a sizable youth ministry. I've dreamt of releasing young people into ministries. I've dreamt of a nation in revival. I've dreamt of schools uh, with uh, groups being planted uh, loving Jesus. So I, I've, I've been dreaming my, my whole life. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I'll read that verse one more time. In the last days, see the last days. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And Peter was actually repeating a prophecy from the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2. And so Peter was saying that at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that this promise has come to pass. In fact, in this verse, he's saying that uh, 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost marked the beginning of the last days. So which means that if those days were the last days, we're living in the last of the last days. And one of the signs of the end times is that God will release dreams and visions to His people. Now, I believe that that dream and vision means like dream, like what, what I had last night, visions, open visions, closed visions. But also I believe God will sow prophetic visions and prophetic dreams, dream of a certain magnitude that's beyond ourselves to His people in these last days, dream of finding a cure for cancer, dream of having schools for the poor, dream of creating wealth you know, for the kingdom, dreams of having ministries that are cross-cultural, dreams of becoming missionaries to foreign land, dreams of seeing the nations reach with the gospel in our lifetime. So God will release dreams and visions in these last days as He pour out His Spirit. And faith is choosing and believing God's dream for your life. And this morning I'm praying to the Lord that on this first day of 2017 that God will activate 
dreams and visions in your life? Because I believe that there are people here, you have been living in the land of lost dreams. Especially those of us who are older. Yet the Bible says that the old man will dream dreams. And I'm praying for those who are in their 30s and in their 40s who have somehow um, been brought down to earth because, of the, because you have gone through the school of hard knocks and you have stopped dreaming. I pray this morning in this brand new year that you will dream again. I pray for those who have got no dreams, for those who uh, are younger and you're just living uh, life aimlessly, that you are just going through the red race like every Singaporean. You're trying to make ends meet in your 20s. I pray this morning that the Lord will activate a vision in your life, to live for something bigger than just getting a good job, having a good paycheck, and, and living a comfortable life. Amen. I pray that the Holy Spirit will be poured out on this church, that, that these 120 people this morning will have a brand new dream, a brand new vision from the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. Because I believe nothing starts happening in your life until you start dreaming. Somebody say amen. amen. And God gave you the ability to dream, to create, to imagine. It's from, the, it's from the Lord, it's from your Father, it's your portion, it's your inheritance as God's people. And dreaming is an act of faith. I believe dreaming is a language of faith. It's an act of faith. And everything you see on this planet started as a dream. I believe in someone's mind right now, they're flying cars. I believe when Spielberg made the movie Back to the Future, it was a dream of uh, cars flying, of hoverboards, and uh, you know, of uh, self-tying shoes, of Jaws 13. I mean, I mean, he dreamt of a preferred future. But can I say this? The language of dreams belong to God's people. Hollywood and the movie makers have claimed that for themselves. But I'm just praying to the Lord this morning that as the church of Jesus Christ, we will redeem it. Amen? Amen. That we will reclaim the language of dreams. And I pray this morning that we'll all dream again. Come on, somebody say dream again. Amen. See, dreams are not, are not merely the nightly thoughts you experience as the brain sorts out your day. And some of us, we eat too much pizzas, we eat too much hofan, and we dream that night of like pizzas coming our lives, like coming after us, and, and meatballs falling from the sky. I mean, especially this season. But I, can I say this to you, that dream is not just having random thought patterns in the night. They are the goals and visions that fire your heart and saturate your soul with joy every time you think about them. When I, whenever you think Think of the dreams that you have. It will set your heart on fire. There are those continuing visions of what you want your life to be at the highest level of fulfillment. It's what you can become, what you want to do, what, how you plan to do that, what kind of person you want to become in the whole process. And that's what drives you. And for us growing up, we have dreams. Those of us who are in ministry, we dream of ourselves being like Reinhard Bonnke preaching to thousands. We dream of ourselves having revelations like Bill Johnson. We dream of ministries that are thriving. So we dream. Friends, we dream. Dream, I believe, are a part of who you are. Your destiny and the reason for living are wrapped up tightly in your dreams and visions. 
your dreams and desires. And I believe the dream in your heart is like the DNA, your spiritual DNA. It is, 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 is being wrapped up. So can I say this, that your calling oftentimes is found in what you are dreaming about. Someone say amen. It keeps coming back to you. When you sleep, it comes back. When you wake up, it comes back. When you eat, it comes back. Your dream consumes you. It becomes a part of who you are. It will never leave you alone. And you try to shut that dream up. You try to uh, deny it a place in your mind. But oftentimes it comes back. I still remember a conversation I had uh, with a friend of mine seven years ago. I've always been a dreamer, as I said. And I, I, I've always identified myself with Joseph. And Joseph, if you know his story was, was uh, betrayed by his brothers and was being persecuted because of, of his dreams. And so when I was growing up, people were saying, you oh, dream too much, you, you think too big, you, you are too ambitious. And they throw spears at my dreams. And so I said, God, I don't, I don't want to dream. I want to be small and humble. And I, 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 I just want to be faithful, and, and which, which is all good. Right? But then those dreams kept coming back. Dreams of making a difference in the world. And so I sat down with my friend one day and I said, I think I've become more humble. I think I have uh, been faithful. But I said to my friend, those dreams are still alive. It's still burning inside my being. I'm, a, I'm still a Joseph. I'm still having visions of nations being transformed. But dreams don't leave you. In your 40s, they come back. But the scary thing is this. If you keep pushing them aside, when it comes back to it in your 80s, that's when you start living life in regret and you start saying, wow, I've, I've, I've missed out. I, I, I've left my dream. I, I'm too late. And I pray this morning, let's not waste our dreams. Somebody say amen. Because I believe a dream does not drive you, it draws you. See, it's like a big magnet that pulls you toward itself. I don't believe that there is a man or a woman in this planet that's got no dreams. Let me repeat that. I don't believe that there's a man or a woman in this planet that's got no dreams. I believe that God designed every member of the human race to have dreams. Because without a dream, a person will be frustrated in the present and will miss his or her future. I believe we're all made to dream great dreams. You, are, you ask my kids, you ask Christine's children, you ask little ones that are in gosh, do they have a dream? They have a dream. They dream of becoming Batman, they dream of being a Superman, they dream of being superheroes, or they dream of firefighting, saving the world, they dream of you know, being heroes in their school. They, they all have dreams, but as we grow up, those dreams start to diminish. But I believe God has made all of us to dream dreams because He's the, he's the author of our dreams. Your dreams didn't even start from you. It resides within you, but God put your dream there. He's the source of your dream. When people dream without God, you find it to become shallow and hollow. But friends, it takes Jesus and our dream to truly create a life that's purposeful and meaningful. You have to, you have, you have to come to Jesus to find true meaning in your dream because you have to know that not every dream is from the Lord, right? But if your dream is God's dream, then it becomes unstoppable. It becomes a driving force in your life. Amen? So the, the most crucial question then is, how do I know which dreams in my heart are from God? And I believe 
you will know that these are God's dreams when these dreams, number one, is bigger than you. It's so big that without God, it's impossible. When you can't let, let it go. When you are willing to give everything up for your dream. When it will last forever. When it meets a need nobody else has met. But most of all, it brings glory to God. And I believe this morning, God wants to release dreams and visions into your spirit. That's bigger than who you are. That consumes you, that you can't let it go. That you're willing to give everything up to fulfill it. Do you believe that? Come on. So how do you find that, that dream? I want to give you some practical keys here. How do you find God's dream on the first day of 2017? I believe, first of all, you must dare to ask God for it. It's a dangerous prayer, but when you say, God, I want to know what's your dream for my life. That's one of those prayers that you don't want to pray until you are so certain that you want to embrace whatever you hear. Somebody say, Amen. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says, Now glory be to God, by His mighty power at work within us, is able to do far more than what we would ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. I love the Living Bible. God can do far more than what we can ever dream or dare to ask Him to do. So we have to ask God for it. And if you want God's blessings on your life in this brand new year, you must dare to ask for it. You must say, God, what's your dream for my life? You must say, what do you want me to do this year? Then you must say to your, yourself, what would I attempt to do for God if I know I wouldn't fail? And let that thought consume you and expand your vision. Friends, what will you do this morning when you know that you cannot fail? I'll talk about dream killers in a moment. But, you know, but a lot of us don't dare to activate our dreams because we're so afraid that we will fail. We are always thinking of failure and stumbling and, and, and not making it. And, and, and that cripples our dream. And that, and that short circuits God's perfect plan for our lives. But you must dare to ask God for it. What are you asking God for this morning? What's your BHAC goal? What, what are you trusting God to do in your life and through your life? Say, ask for it. Come on, 10 to say, ask for it. Secondly, you must believe in the promises of God that nothing is impossible to those who believe. See, Jeremiah chapter, th- uh, chapter 32, verse 27 says, I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples of the world. Is anything too hard for me? You must believe in this promise that nothing is impossible. Never let an impossible situation intimidate you, but let it motivate you, inspire you to believe God for more, to trust Him for more, to experience more, to learn more and to grow and to let faith work in the realm of the impossible in your life. This year, let faith work in the realm of the impossible in your life. Believe in the promise that He is the God of all flesh and nothing is impossible for Him. See, Hudson Taylor said there are three stages to God's will. First stage is impossible. Second stage is possible. And the third stage is done. You must believe. Turn to the person next to you and say, I believe. Look behind you and say, I believe. You must ask God for it. You must believe in the promise. 
And thirdly, you must dream big. You must dream really big. Psalm 2 verse 8 says, Ask me, and I will make the nations as your inheritance, the ends of the earth as your possession. I mean, is that possible? So what the father is saying to the son here is, you must ask God-sized dream. You must ask God for a God-sized request. You must make a God-sized request. Ask me and I'll make the nations as your inheritance, the ends of the earth as your possession. See friends, the size of your God should determine the size of your goal. The size of your God should determine the size of your goal. A lot of us have a very small God and our goals are so small. But this morning, I want to challenge you to magnify the Lord in your life. To expand your vision of who God is in your life so that you can dream a big dream. How big's your God this morning? He's not Jehovah tiny. Amen? He's El Shaddai. He's the mighty God. He is huge. He holds the whole world in His hands. I mean, He is so big. And He chooses to involve you and I and in partnership bring about His purpose on the earth. And it does that through the language of dreams. See, friends, you haven't really believed God until you attempted something that, you can't, that can't be done in the power of the flesh. If you have only operated in the realm of possibilities thus far, then you are living in a very human level. And that's not, not the kind of life that Jesus Christ has paid for for you to live. He wants you to live a life that is beyond your ability. I mean, look at the Bible, the amazing miracles that Jesus did. And the amazing miracles and signs and the wonders that the apostles did. And in history, how men and women who believe in God did the impossible. And these stories inspire us, but unless we move beyond the realm of inspiration and go to the realm of activation, it will always remain an elusive quest. Friends, we need to allow God to stretch our imagination of what is possible in Him. Dream big. I woke up this morning and the Holy Spirit said, tell my people, dream bigger. Tell this church, dream bigger. We've allowed our setbacks in the last few years to reduce our dream to just bite-sized dream. Oh, as long as we just have a space, as long as we, people are being cared for. But what dream is God giving to us as a congregation? What changes does He want us to make in this world? What impact do we want to leave behind 50 years from now, 20 years from now? What are we dreaming about, church? Cell group leaders, what are you dreaming about? Ministry leaders, what are you dreaming about? Worship team, come on, families, what are you dreaming about this morning? He has to go beyond just doing live on Sunday, doing small groups. These are all great, it's all for ourselves. So what about an impact in the world? What are you dreaming about? Dream bigger. Dream bigger. You know, a couple of years ago, I read a book by Edmund Chan. I don't think that it's original. I believe he borrowed the title from someone else, but it's a great three uh, phrases. He says, dream big. What? Grow deep. Start small. And I believe that's a great word for us this morning. Come on, church. Dream bigger. But go deeper. 
And start where you are, start small. But unless you start doing something, you will always be in the land of lost dreams. Always be. And that leads me to my fourth point. We have to expose the dream thieves or the dream killers in our lives. And there are dream thieves out there. Friends, in the silence of the night, he will come to you. A thief, in the, your, a dream thief will come and try to rob you of your, of your, of your dream. They, they have come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I've experienced that many times in my own life. He will come in the silence of the night and he will put fear, doubt in my heart. And there are dream thieves. Like Joseph the dreamer, for example, had a, had a dream. From the time he was a little boy, God put a dream in his heart. But the dream didn't just happen. He has to go through betrayal, prison. He, has, he, has, he, he felt forgotten. And for years, I believe, he must be wondering, God, where are these dreams? And I believe he struggled every night in the prison with these thieves coming to him to try to rob him of his dreams. Martin Luther King June had, had a dream. He dreamt, he preached, he talked about his dream, and yet his words inspired many. At the same time, he lost his life for his dream. The dream thieves took his life, but they could never take his dream. And the dream lives on, still free, inspiring, and brave. Free. Friends, he lost his life, but a dream of freedom still lives on in the US. One of, one of my heroes, William Carey, the father of modern missions, he was a shoe cobbler in England. He had the vision of taking the gospel to India. When he shared that idea with some pastors, one seasoned minister called him a miserable enthusiast. You are just too enthusiastic. You're miserable. If God wants to save the heathens, he will do it himself. He will do it his own way. He doesn't need you. But Kerry persisted. He overcame setback after setback. He went to India. He learned. He translated the Bible into almost 40 languages. He started a, a college that still exists and saw God made a substantial impact on the Indians. And Kerry's motto in life is expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. For God. A shoe cobbler. Against all odds, against the establishment. He says, God wants to save the Indians. And he went. And he became a father of modern missions. People like Hudson Taylor and many others were inspired by his example. Why? Because he dreamed <laughs> against all odds. But there are all kinds of thieves. There are all kinds of dream killers that, that want to rob us of our dreams. And I'll just give you four and we'll close. It's a, it's a short message. Number one, negativity. From others and even from ourselves. And we listen to this voice every day. It prevents us from moving forward. It's, it discourages us. It takes the focus off God and magnifies every weakness we have. We can't pursue our dreams when we're filled with negative words and toxic people reminding us why it can't be done, why it shouldn't be done, and 101 reasons why you're not the person to, to do it. And every day, we're hearing voices. We surround ourselves with toxic people who say, it's not you, man. That's, that dream is just too crazy. And I grew up with well-meaning friends like that who were just saying to me, Daniel, it can't be done. It cannot be done. It's not supposed to be like that. It's not you. And they would tell me, you cannot speak. You, you, are, you, are, you, you started, you can't sing, you are this. And friends, 
Negativity kills us. A negative mindset can take many forms, but they are all dream killers. Cynicism, sarcasm, jealousy, bitterness, and it always comes in the form of words. In our own heart, it comes in the form of words. And the Bible says that the tongue has the power of life and death. And this morning, friends, I want to encourage us, choose to listen to God's voice over the voice of other people. You have control over what you allow into your thoughts and minds. If you want to overcome this dream thief, then you must choose who you listen to. Even in your own heart, don't believe in the lies you tell yourself. You can't do it. You can. You can. You have to confess over yourself, I can do all things through Christ. You have to say to yourself, with God, all things are possible. People used to tell me that church kids will never be on fire. When, when, when I was a young youth pastor, right? And all we had in the youth ministry back in those days were a bunch of church kids. They grew up knowing the Bible stories, 25, 30 of them. We gathered them together and uh, we call them warriors. And I'm, I'm surprised because that, after how many years, 20 years, is still floating around Facebook. Because people remember the dreamers. They, 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 they are still commenting when a group of people gather who were ex-warriors. They, they say, is this a warrior gathering? I mean, they're all in their 20s now, in their late 20s. 30, some of them. Jason was, was a part of it. He wasn't a church kid, but he was a part of the warriors. And we gathered them and we said, God can use you to make a difference in the world. And he did. Man, one of them now is a pastor in Miri. One of them now is pastoring a congregation in Cornerstone. One of them now leads a prayer ministry that's been invited around to be part of some consultation and a lot of them now speak in camps. And God raised up a team of church kids to make a difference in the world. It was a dream that people said it can't be done. And from that small handful, it grew into a group of uh, hundreds of youth. And I, and I want to say this. I remember this story because I'm just saying to myself, for years I've been saying to myself, ah, oh, you can't build a church with uh, young adults. Young adults are distracted people. Why right, they've got their job, they have got to you know, find they have got to find the next deal, they have got to pay for the family's expenses. You know, they wouldn't be free. They can't build the kingdom of God. They're just so consumed. You have to wait till they are slightly older in their 40s, their 50s. And I believe in that lie. I've been hearing these negative words from pastors, from friends. You must start with youth, you must do it with old folks. But young adults can't be done. And the facts are pointing to that. Most churches, the young adults, the young families are not mobilized. But why can't we be different? Why can't this church be different? Why can't we, why can't we shoot that dream thief and say, we won't be negative. We can have a bunch of on fire young adults, young families who love Jesus above all, who will put His kingdom first and who will pursue His purpose over our own desires. Why not this church? If God has done it for a youth group, I think he, he can do it for us. And that's why we must dream again. We must dream again. Why can't young families take their entire family to go on missions? We tried, some of us. It was challenging. It was fun. 
but we did it. wasn't perfect, but we tried. And we'll do it again. My kids said, the one, please, but we'll do it again and again. Till we see our children ministering, our kids forming own bands. I mean, if you talk to some pastor's kids, they'll tell you, oh, one of them played the guitar, one played the drums, one sing, and they've got their entire family going on missions. But why, why, why do we have to keep it to pastor's kids? Why can't it be all of us? Come on, families. Come on, young adults, when you have got kids. Why can't we overcome that negative belief and, and, and we say to ourselves, we will be different. And we don't mind being different. We can let the world call us weird, but that's who we are. We are peculiar people. Peter says that in the Bible. We are not, not of this world. Why can't we be like that? Negative mindsets. People think it's impossible. Young adults, you must entertain them. You know, that's what they tell pastors. You must build the best Sunday school. You must have the nicest facilities. You must have, have, uh, you, you have to have a nice playground, slides. This is how you grow churches. Because kids will drop the, because the parents, sorry, the parents will drop the kids off in the, in the Sunday school. And they'll go for service. It must be comfortable. Worship must be great. And we become a consumeristic church. And I said to myself, must it be like that? Why can't young adults and young families pay the price to build the kingdom? Why not? We must overcome negative belief. I must overcome negative belief. Secondly, self-doubt. It's a thief. It's a killer. And it's possibly the biggest threat to your dreams. Because your enemy... If he, can get, if he can get you to doubt yourself, then he knows that he, he has pretty much won. To make you doubt yourself. See, you have to look at things from a million different angles and yet, yet you come back to this one dangerous conclusion. You can't do it. And so many of us say to ourselves, you can, I can't do it. I can never lead a small group. I can never you know, be involved in ministry. I can never start this business. I, I can never write that book. I can never uh, do that. You know, I can never do this. And we tell ourselves, we can never do it. Never do it. Or, we are in Singapore, we can never, this is the system. We, we tell ourselves we cannot do it, we can't do it, it's impossible. And we, and, and we doubt ourselves. Without a show of hands, many of us doubt ourselves. Self-doubt will kill our dream. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 verse 7, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Friends, we have to choose to believe who God say we are. He's the one who has created us, put dreams and visions into our hearts. And He's whispering into your ears every single morning when you wake up, He's speaking to you and He's saying you have a purpose, you are valuable, you are amazing, your life has got meaning. And we choose to believe in our circumstances over what we are hearing God, the voice of God in our hearts. You can make a difference. You know, I've met so many teachers since you're in the front who who had a dream. At 20 years old, when they went through NIE, I want to make a difference in my school, right? Come on, Jen. So many of our friends, I came from a church that at one point, 15% of the church were teachers. Everybody wants to make a difference in the next generation. They want to change the system. They want to, you know, don't care about this. And they want to just pastor the children in the school. Uh, I mean, the number of friends who spoke to me and I said, why do you want to be a, a, a teacher? I want to make a difference in lives. And that's what the messaging is, right, in marketing. 
We're from, from MOE, right? Make a difference. But when you get into the system, the, after five years, I speak to the same group of people and they're saying, it's impossible. <laughs> no way. I'll resign. Or I can't do it. Or I'll just have to toe the line. I have to be part of the system. I've got to... Nine in ten lost their edge. They doubt that they could do it because of the system. Why? Self-doubt is impossible and you, and you drown the voice of God in your heart. And, 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 and can we be different? Can the teachers in this church be different? Can the entrepreneurs in this church be different? Those of you who have a dream of starting you know, this and that and when challenges come and setbacks come your way, don't, don't disbelieve in what God has spoken to you years before. Keep on pressing in. Keep on fighting the good fight of faith. Amen. But self-doubt is a thief. It's there to try to kill your dream. Telling you you're not good enough. God chose the wrong person. And you stagger through life and you retire in the land of lost dreams. The third thing is fear. It's a dream killer. It's a thief. It paralyzes, it grips you and stops you dead in your tracks. The kind of fear. The fear of men, the fear of the system, the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, the fear of the unknown. It can take many different forms, but they all lead to one result. It gets you stuck. You can't move forward. Fear. Fear cripples us. Fear is the dark room that develops all the negatives, right? You get it? It's a dark room. You go into a dark room and you start developing the negatives in your life. I'm no good. I'm a hard lender. Has never been done before. And you blame your circumstances. You blame your heritage. You blame your great-grandfather who's a gambler. My father's a gambler. <laughs> He's not blaming. And you say, I can't change. Fear. And yet the Bible says in Isaiah 41 verse 10, do, do not fear for I'm with you. Do not be anxious. Do, do not anxiously look about you for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. There's a promise from the Lord. Don't be afraid. Choose to trust. Fear has won unless you determine in your heart that you will keep taking steps forward no matter how small. Even if your knees are trembling, take small steps forward. Fear. I was part of, I was part of a church that did wonders. There were 200 people back in those days in Cornerstone. And the Lord spoke to my pastor and said, I want you to buy Music World, which, is, which was in, in those days a nightclub. You know, and if you go to Odeon uh, Katong, it was all pubs, bars, massage parlors, and there you have the nightclub. And 200 young people. I was doing the collection then. Every Sunday, we collected less than 10,000. Every Sunday, it's a bit like what we have now, right? A bit more, but two, three hundred. And that, and that cost, and the building cost 7.43 million. And through a series of signs and prophetic words, we all prayed and we said, let's do it now. Of course, it's easy for, those, for us who are young people praying, all zealous, enthusiastic, and say, let's do it. 
And we raised funds, you know, we were like going around, washing cars, selling. But guess who bore the burden of the finances? My pastor. And he would tell us uh, years later, and because for years we have to try to make ends meet, because the mortgage in those days went up to 40000 every month. And we couldn't afford it. And there were months that we were in the red. And all of us took a pay cut, but we all love it because we have dreams in our heart. We want to make a difference in Katong. And then there were visions of like buying out the whole building and chasing out all the massage parlors and transforming an entire building for the glory of God. And we were all excited young people. It's great. But my pastor would wake up in the night with cold sweat. And the devil literally would be in his room whispering to his ears that, you have, look what you have done to the church. You have bankrupt the church. You, you have let them down this slippery slope you know, of, uh, of, uh, of debt. And, and he would battle with cold sweat and he would tell us the next morning, please pray for me. I will pray. But it's easy for us to pray, you know. But the person who's fighting with fear, struggling every night, until God broke through. And he has broken through. Years later, I'm just praising God, but without someone paying the price, overcoming fear, and refusing to allow dream thieves. See, there are many times we can simply say, you know what, we'll sell it. What's the big deal? We're, we're 7.43 million, and now it's worth 30 million, friends, or even more. And they literally have transformed an entire building. has become an example for some churches, even. What's my point? Fear would come and, and try to steal your dream. And I lived through that, man. Every single day, we'll be looking at the finances, looking at the building, looking at the dream that seemed so far-fetched back in those days. But after 20 years, praise the Lord. To Him be all the glory. He did it because He promised it. And, and it's, the same in our, it's the same in our lives. Same in your life, in my life. God is faithful. He will watch over all that He promised to perform it. Someone say, Amen. We cannot allow fear. And if we are fearful, look at this verse and say, God will strengthen me. He will help me. He will uphold me with His righteous right hand. Make that your daily declaration until fear flees from your life. He will... Strengthen me. He will help me. He will uphold me with His righteous right hand. He will strengthen me. He will help me. He will uphold me with His righteous right hand. He will strengthen me. He will help me. He will uphold me with His righteous right hand. Hallelujah. And the last one as I close is procrastination. The lie that you don't have time is a lie. The real truth is we don't want to create time, to make time because of the above reasons. We're negative, we didn't believe in ourselves, in God's word, and we are fearful. So we just push it back, push it back. We'll start next year. We'll start in 2020. I've got a 2025 vision and you keep pushing it back. When my kids are grown up, when I'm semi-retired, I'll do this, I'll do that. And we keep pushing back. We procrastinate. That is a thief. Amen. It seems too hard. It will cost me. I'm tired. I've done it. What's the point? I'll get to it when everything becomes convenient. See, friends, when it comes to dreams, 
It's never, it's never the path of least resistance. It's always the path of most resistance. And it's oftentimes the road less travel. No one has gone there before. And it requires people of great courage to take the, the first step and say, God, I'll pursue that with my whole heart. Amen. I watched Mona and I teared watching cartoons all the time because these storytellers have, have a way of, of uh, creating feelings, right? That trying to bring up like what we, who we truly are. And of course, have you watched? Can I tell the story? All right, so if you have not watched, it's fine, all right? But it's a story about identity, lost identity, right? Have you watched it? Lost you because of fear, because of setback, because you know of uh, what went wrong. They, they, they basically chose to live a life that's not them. It's not their calling. It's not part of their inheritance. They're supposed to be explorers, pioneers, but they chose to be settlers. When I watched that, something stirred within me, and I said to myself, "May I never be a settler. May I never settle." In those days, they will discover new land and they will settle and then they will send out more pioneers to discover more new lands. That, that was who she is. That's where she came from. May we never settle. May we always be explorers, always be pioneers, always be pushing the envelope of what is possible. Somebody say, Amen. Come on. And may we not procrastinate, push back time. The Bible says in Psalm 90 verse 12, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us, God. May this be our daily prayer. God, help me number my days. And I did. I think I shared this with, shared this with you once. I've got 10,000 more days. Do you, do you, do you know, know that uh, my friends there who are 40 years old, you have got about 15,000 more days in your life. That's all. 15,000 is not a long time. Those of you who are older, I'm sorry, but you've got lesser. <laughs> Have you done that? Because when, when you start counting, then it's not a lot because 10, let's say 10,000, right? 24 hours a day. You've got less than 240,000 hours left before you expire. That's, you know, I know it sounds very discouraging for an inspiring message, but I want to challenge us. Make every moment count. Every wasted minute is gone forever. Every day that you spend wallowing in defeat and self-pity is gone forever. You have to pick yourself up and take a few more steps. Move towards your dream. Chase after that. And allow the wind of the Holy Spirit to do the impossible, to blow you forward. Teach us, God, to number our days. You know, a lot of us parents are waiting for our kids to grow up before we find our dream again. I'll close with this. Can I say that's a lie from the devil? He's trying to rob us of precious time. Involve our children in the journey. Get them on board. Tell them your dreams and visions. Make them dreamers and visionaries from a young age. 
Give them a vision of what is possible. Amen. Come on. Give them a vision of a world that's potentially flourishing because of your contribution. I'm speaking to myself. I'm not saying that we're there because there, there were times. Right, we go through seasons. When the kids are young, it's challenging. I know, I know that. Now, I'm not, I'm not perfect. My, my wife carried the full load together with me trying to help her a little bit. It will come to pass. But one thing we didn't do is that we did not forget to dream. When Titus was five, was four, we dreamt. And he was part of that dream. He was in the forefront watching God grow a youth group. And we pioneered this church. He was a part of it. The meetings that were in our house were praying. He was a young boy in his PJs, six years old. The first time some of you met him, he was seven. He was part of the dream. He was part of the ups and the downs, the challenges, the setbacks. There has been lots of setbacks, challenges in the last six, six seven years. They were all a part of that. They have, they have all seen me downcast and sad. They have all heard me say things. But they have been part of it. And they grew up, I tell you, knowing that God is a dream maker. Amen. Give your children a vision of what is possible in the kingdom. Involve them. Whether it's your calling to be a business person, to be an entrepreneur, to be a doctor, to be a teacher, involve them. Get them to pray with you. Get them to just bless you before you go to work. Especially when the tough gets going, say to your kids, pray for me. One of the proudest days of my life, I think was three years ago, right, when they had the youth camp and my son came up to me and it was, I think, 11 years old. He was prophesying over my life. Wow! Yay, God. So don't, don't wait till your kids are grown up. Involve them. May your family be a family of dreamers and visionaries. May this church be a church of dreamers and visionaries. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. I believe the word of the Lord for us this morning is dream again. So what are you dreaming about, church? Do you have a dream? Will you ask God for one if you don't? If you're in a land of fears, of self-doubt, I believe it's time to pick yourself up on this brand new in, in, in this brand new year. Come on, church. Just close your eyes and allow the Holy Spirit to take this word and just edge it into your spirit, man. Close your eyes, and I want all, all of us this morning to visualize these two words dream again. Moving from a distance towards you and hitting you with, with, a, with, with a great force and just giving you a brand new vision for your life in 2017. church, just allow the Holy Spirit to take that, that word, that phrase and throw it into your heart and say, dream again dream again church, dream again